Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Nerds for Christ. With our starting segment, Brett and Nathan out of context, here it is for the week. <laughs> books, books are drugs for introverts. That was this week's segment of Brett and Nathan out of context. Please enjoy the rest of the episode. Maybe your age is just double. You're like the number of your age is double what it actually is. So you're 21, but you're really 10 and a half. I mean, yes. Patrick, that's a gun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Watch that video. Anyway, I'll do the intro. What's up, you beautiful humans? <laughs> That was so much louder than normal. I think I heard that echo downstairs. <laughs> Alright, I'll read that. No, it. keep it. We're keeping that. I'm Nathan. And I'm Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, that was that was yeah. I just have to like make it more and more intense each time. So when the compressor has to do work later in Audacity, it just can't. <laughs> it just hasn't talked. Get some microphone. You have to do the Bart Simpson and line up. Like 20 megaphones and shout it into the microphone. Oh my gosh, yes. And then just explode. Everything explodes. Yeah. <laughs> what did he do it into? Megaphones. No, no, no. Like, but what, where is it pointed? Out of a window. Was it just. He was like in his school and it was pointed out a window. And there's that little, like the little fly comes and flies past the microphone and it makes like a big <laughs> sound. You can hear it buzzing. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, ooh. And then he just shouts into it. <laughs> yeah. What is he, what is it like, what happens, doesn't like everything break? Like all the glass? Yeah, I break? think all the glass, everything shatters. <laughs> Dude, that would be nuts, honestly. I know it will, It doesn't work that way with microphones, I don't think. Like it doesn't continuously amplify itself. I think there's a limit, but like. You'd think so, yeah, because it can only project so much. Now with that kind of attitude. Let's make a megaphone that can project as much volume as you put into it. That's what I like to hear. And then just continuously expiates it. <laughs> I think it would just break. That's probably why they don't. They have like a cap on them. Mm. It's gonna just like they just shatter. Pop, yeah. Just be <laughs> what do, you, do you Thanos snap it? <laughs> Thanos would come out, snap half the megaphones from reality. That's what I like to hear. Anyway, how was your week? So, I have every single week. I forget what I do when I come on the pod. So this time. I looked at my calendar before we started <laughs> my previous week. Uh, I don't, Preparing well, I see, Nathan Miller. My only preparation was looking at my Google calendar for like 15 seconds. What I realized is I've been doing a lot of baking and cooking. Yeah, I was there for some of it. Yeah, you. so actually you were there for all of it. <laughs> so you say a lot of baking and cooking. You mean one sheet of bars and food for the week. Yes. <laughs> for, for me, that's a lot because it is one more thing than I usually do, which mm. is a sheet of bars. So we got the crack cocaine butterfinger bars. Oh, that's and those, so good. I think that's like 90% sugar. And I felt I felt good because everyone I gave it to for Liz's birthday loved it. Mm. They were really happy. I was happy. And yeah, it just added to the resume of Nathan's a great cook. 
I'm going to toot my own horn so hard right now. I'm a great cook. Nathan Miller, 2020. Oh, get the Obama meme, but it's my face. And over Obama and the medal he puts around me. Best cook. Best cook. And it's just you putting it on. Uh, I, I would like to say that I'm kidding. I, I just enjoy baking a lot. Um, That's a but then what I also did to spice up life a little bit. So I usually have little background i usually have um a cycle that i make my meals for so every saturday i'll go out and buy all my groceries and then i'll make all the food that i'm going to eat for the next week until the next saturday and then i repeat and i have a cycle i make two meals each week okay and i have a cycle of what meals those are so i have like 10 different meals i'll cycle through them like in a five-week cycle and I've been getting freaking tired of some of the food. <laughs> I thought you'd think like 10 meals, you're eating like one, the same meal once every five weeks. Like you'd think that would be fine, but it's not. I need to mix it up. Well, it's because during that entire week, you're eating that meal. It's not just like one day and then it's five weeks and then one more day where you eat it. It's like three or four days during the week. You wait five weeks yeah. and then three or four more days. See, I don't think that far ahead. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I didn't plan. You'd think I would plan that far ahead, but I I don't. So what I did now is I made a new meal, and my plan is to start having like one meal that I've already had before on my list, and then I'll start doing like a new meal every week mm. um, instead of doing two that I've already done. And so I'm gonna do that, and eventually I will have a library of recipes that are good. Maybe. This week's was uh, what was it? It was garlic parmesan chicken in a crock pot and it was it did not turn out well at all is that because you cooked it for too long i cooked it the perfect length of time it just i literally followed the recipe to a t and it didn't have any flavor at all ah interesting we even got the dang parmesan block it probably was just the recipe kind of sucked the recipe did dude i put I feel like I put a good amount of effort into it. I felt so good by myself. I seared some chicken thighs. I Ooh. I cut up some garlic. I felt real good about myself. And I was so... I You heard me talk about this. I was like, I have not been this excited about something in yeah, months. Yeah. Which is not warranted because there have been way more exciting things in my life. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I was just so pumped for this. And it was such a disappointment. <laughs> like, I'll eat it. I have to. Yeah. But, you know, I... Overall, it's it's the journey, not the destination. Exactly. I enjoyed making the food, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And I'm actually looking forward to each week now making food versus before where I'm like, oh, I guess I have to make food now. Mm. Bro, for a new recipe that you should use, I could give you my mother's uh, wild rice casserole recipe, or hot dish, whatever you prefer. <laughs> what what what's in it? What is it? It is wild rice. Wild rice, obviously. Yep. Regular rice, and then it's like beef, and like yeah, beef, and then you add like cans of condensed soup to give it like flavor. So like you can Ooh. do. Uh, my mother usually does cream of mushroom. As I'm not a huge fan of mushrooms, I do cream of chicken instead. So you get beef and chicken together. Ooh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still good, and then also can of cream of chicken with or not. can of cream of, i'm sorry that sounds really weird <laughs> well it's can of cream of chick, chicken <laughs> is the first one and then can of chicken with rice and then i usually add celery to it as well Ooh. give it a little like cut through all of the very meaty taste yeah so with some fresh celery so you could do that and then if you're making it for the whole week you could honestly you could probably do 
the one recipe or like the normal recipe that you call just for a pound of ground beef because it makes quite a bit okay. like if i made it whenever i make it just for myself i usually get about three meals out of it oh crap okay so so there's one problem is that wild rice is too spicy and i'm gonna need some mild rice <laughs> I hate you so much <laughs> right now. I hope the microphone picked up you slapping your forehead. <laughs> it probably did. It It's very sensitive. Bro, this mic is so sensitive. If it didn't catch this, I... Maybe ridiculous. Oh. I'm glad I made that joke, though, because it, it has nothing to do... Like, it's not indicative of my spice tolerance whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Eats... One chip challenge. challenge. Crushed it. Heavyweight champion. Exactly. Of the one chip challenge. This man right here. Anyway, my week. Yeah, how was your week? Well, I mean, the last podcast we recorded on Sunday. So now it's the new Sunday. So I suppose in that time, my last day at work had occurred, which was Mm. Monday, which was nice. Or last day at work at Cub. I was going to say, are you never working again? Yeah, never working again. I'm retired. I'm retiring. Age 21. It'd be like that, boys. Um, but yeah, so I'm done with working at Cub. The co-op is upcoming. So, I mean, there's that. But until then, I got nothing, which is great. So this week, I didn't do a whole lot of, like, crazy things. Like, I went door dashing, like, one day for, like, two hours, and that was about it. <laughs> but other And then I've just, like, hung out, seen some people. Read some books. It's been a good time. Honestly, just chilling. Look later. I was just playing Breath of the Wild before you came. You yeah, know. I saw. It was a good time. Walking in. Uh, there's something else about my week I was going to say. What was it? Oh, I suppose this happened today. I suppose it can transition to the topic for today. Oh, wow. I was thinking about something. Diving right in. Aight. So, I've been reading a book called Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Mm-hmm. I've told you about it a little bit. It is good. I will say it's good. Although, it is a hard book to read. What I mean by that is just, like, how he describes things is, like, very dense. He's, like, he like how he describes things isn't always super, like, easy to, like, understand, like, where he's going with. Like, sometimes you can get it, but, like, as he's going about it, you're just like, bro, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, a, it's probably one of the hardest books I have read in a while. And it has been difficult. But, like... Weirdly enough, at the same time, I'm, like, even though it's hard, I'm, like, enraptured by it. Oh, wow. Which is really weird. Which, things I was thinking about, right? Like, when it comes to making good books, I find some of the time, not all the time, but some of the time, in order to make a good book, is how, like, you gotta have this sort of just, like, mystery to it, so to say. Sure. And, like... That they can come in different ways. Two ways I'm thinking about. So one for me with orthodoxy, right? As I'm reading it, I know that this is probably not a book that I'm at like a higher, high enough level to like understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right? Yet I read it and I get some of it, and I'm just like engaged because I'm like, bro, like people say it's a good book, and I start to read it and I understand that it's a good book, but is there more to it? And it's just yeah. kind of like this, like. I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, so I keep reading it because I'm like, this is good. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, after I finish it, I'll probably crack it out again another day. Yeah. Read it again. See if I get more out of it. You know what I mean? But it is good. And kind of think about how, like, so there's that way of which books kind of like 
engage you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then going on the mystery thing. Another book I've been reading, Dune. Another good book. Very good book. Oh, it is spicy. Literally spicy because it's a hot planet and there's spice. Anyway. Huh. Uh-huh. Anyone who's read that book, well, I hope you laughed at that joke probably before not. you explained it. Because <laughs> I have not read it. Yeah. But, right, because with Dune, the instant you start reading it, the first four chapters make so little sense. <laughs> just because, like, you, he doesn't really, like, explain much of what's happening. You just dive into the story. Mm. So, like, literally the first chapter is the main character. He's, like, he's, like, waking up from a dream, and he goes to, like, this lady, and he undergoes this test, like, instantaneously, right? And you're just, like... Who is this kid? What is happening? Who are all these people? They're referencing all these people, calling them all these different things. Like you have the Reverend Mother who's just like, and like there's a bunch of things you're like, what is happening? Yeah. And then the next few chapters are talking about like he's training. They're on this planet. They recently acquired this new planet and they're moving there. And then they're there and you're like, what is going on? What is this whole world? But like at the same time as you're reading it, it's that kind of like mystery to it where you're just like enraptured by it where you're like, yeah whoa like i know there's a big story here right i can tell there's like this whole world but like it's not just like spoon fed explained yes but it's like yes. as you read it you like learn it and it's just super cool you got me excited because now i can talk about stories and i love talking about stories and how they are structured okay so one of like the biggest mistakes I guess it's not a mistake, but I think it's literarily lazy, mm-hmm. is when a story starts with an explanation of the world and where exactly you're at in it. Okay. And there are times when it's, like, called for. But it's really... There's a lot that can be done if you don't tell people everything. There's mm-hmm. there is a, um, a technique that people use, the idea... Like, you, well, let's start a little bit back. So, there's this thing called exposition that most people have heard of. Okay. It's basically information that the writer is telling you okay. through some medium, whether that is a narrator or a character, usually character talking to another character, right? Mm-hmm. They're telling you information. That's what exposition is. Bad stories give you exposition you don't need. Good stories give you exposition you do need right before you need it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. The reason being is because if you don't need it until like the second half of the book or the movie or whatever, it's just wasting their time. Mm. And I want to tie that in with the idea of making people ask questions. Because that's what you're saying is, oh, this is making me ask a lot of questions. I don't know everything. And that's the whole point. Mm. Like you, you can't get someone as into something when you tell them everything about it. Mm. If you give them only a little bit, they have to try to piece it together. And then that gives you such an easy avenue of mystery, but also twists. Mm -hmm. You don't have to lead them down a road, give them false information. Yeah. All you have to do is give them a little bit. You only have to give them half of the information, right? Mm. Um, and that really engages people a lot more. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't know where else I wanted to go with that. <laughs> I'm just kind of, the thing I'm thinking about, right? So, there's the there's the book that I've been trying to write. 
right? Mm. The story that I've been writing, haven't written it for a while because I don't have word for free anymore because student weird things. But next semester we will, so then we can continue writing. <laughs> but I'm kind of thinking about how the beginning of my story kind of starts with not like an in-depth overview of the world, but kind of like a general introduction mm. and kind of, I'm thinking, and kind of what I was thinking to myself right now is, and kind of have been toying with is maybe changing it so it doesn't do that where it just kind of throws it into the story because like i think for my book it could be very interesting to do that because right the setting is humans live in spaceships around saturn so if you just start there people are like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. why is the entire human race living out in saturn yeah this seems very bizarre like this right it's something that isn't normal and then I can drop hints of when the date is because it's like meant to be 400 years into the future from now, right? Yeah. Some time around there, right? So you drop hints of that. Then you start to drop hints of like why they're out there, which could literally be done as like when, because at one point he meets these people who want to help him train and they're going to return to Earth. And that can be the first time of your like return to Earth. What's going on? Yeah. And that's the best part is it's like you're you're withholding it from them from the the reader mm-hmm. so that they crave the answer more and more if yeah. you give it to them right away it's like feeding someone who isn't even hungry mm, that's true let their hunger build up and then you feed them right you can give them the exact same information but if you pace, place it in two different spots you get two different outcomes and one mm. of them is a lot more dopamine <laughs> true yeah we because like that because i mean as humans, right? When we have that sense of discovery, that sense of like finding, we're just like, ooh, ooh, yeah. right? Because it's because sometimes, right? I feel like, especially when it comes to books, is it's like we dive into a mystery or like a like a mystery that's not really like needed, but something that's just kind of like interesting or intriguing, right? Or you could think of it as a problem that doesn't really exist, but right. So as a writer, you create this like problem, this like these questions, right? And then even when you find the answer to these questions that like ultimately like it's just a story, doesn't matter, right? It's still though rewarding in that fact where you're like, Yeah. Mmm, mm, that's good. It's like a drug. But books are like drugs. Books are like drugs, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> books books are drugs for introverts. <laughs> I want that on a shirt right now. <laughs> books are drugs for introverts. That could be a good shirt. Or you could say, books are drugs for intellectuals. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's true. The the introvert one's funny. But yeah, so I'm just kind of thinking about my book where I think like the, the pre, like the, the pre, the preface, prelude that I, what do I have? I don't remember what I call it, but the, like I have like an intro thing before the first chapter where it like describes literally why the humans are there. I could like just remove that whole description entirely, put something else there, and then just dive into the first chapter, which is him talking about himself. Yeah. Which would be, that's like information that would be, I feel like, fine to give the reader right away. Because it still sets a scene where it's like, they're in space. They're on these spaceships. So you're still asking these questions. You're like, he's talking about all these things like they're super normal, super casual. Like, it seems like they've been here for a while. Yeah. What's going on, right? You know exactly. What I mean? Oh, that, yeah, I think that would really do a lot of good. Hmm. Mm, yeah, but then I'd still then I'd have to probably add in more points of referencing yeah. the thing. But hey, 
then it makes the story more interesting. It does, and it's a lot more like real life in a weird way because in real life we don't have all the answers. Mm, we don't true. know everything before us, and we don't know where like our place in the world. Mm-hmm. We don't know why we're here, and you have to discover that. Ah, yes. That's why stories are a microcosm for life, and people don't realize that. Mm. And it's really, really cool mm. to just see it for back of for back of a letter word. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, Nathan Miller. <laughs> For back of a letter word. For back of a letter word, the psychology <laughs> of stories. For lack of a better word, the psychology of stories. Correct. It's just cool. I can't even continue anymore, can I? At this point, I just have <laughs> I, to stop talking. I feel like you just kind of killed your whole bit with that. Well, I was just trying to make such a good point. I thought it was going to be... I, I don't know. It's uh, stuff about stories is cool and how they function and how mm. it's all it's all like an extrapolation of the psychology of the human mind. And then I say for back of a letter word. And now I'm just going <laughs> to leave. You can do this podcast on your own. <laughs> I just monologue for the next like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That would be so awkward. I don't even know if I could do that. It appears Neil has arrived. Will he a arrive? wild Neil. Neil has appeared. I'm listening to Wild Near. Dun, dun, dun. The Pokemon music starts playing. I thought you were going. Dun, 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 dun. I was trying to do like the Pokemon battle theme. That's what I, was I can't even for. think of it. I it's like something that's on like the fringes of my memory, but I can't <laughs> recite it. The fringes of my memory sounds like it's like an epic band. It does. Well, it sounds like a memoir. Mmm. Mmm. The fringes of my memory by Brett Gouliash, <laughs> or uh. Or like a dope album, The Fringes of My Memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have some cool cover art where it's like the man staring at his brain. (laughs) I don't know. You have his head decapitated on the top of it. Yeah, it's like the top is, and it's like opened up like a hinge, and then he's just (laughs) holding his brain. (laughs) The Fringes of My Memory. I don't know why that gives me the imagery of an egg doing that, but it's holding the yolk. (laughs) Ooh, at a hard-boiled egg. He's just and he's just like staring at it. Just in my memory, it's a yolk with eyeballs, or it's an egg with eyeballs looking at the yolk. Just he's just dead face, just like blank stare, just like bro, why is this here? If we ever make a band, we have to do that with that cover art because no one would understand. We, I would do it only for a single. I don't know if I'd do it for a full album, but like a single release or like an EP where it's like three songs. You'd have that. Uh, <coughs> that'd be amazing. Oh, that was a big spike, that cough. Yikes. Big yike. Ooh, before we get too far away from the books, though, what this got me thinking about was I, I was thinking about this as I was on my way to the chapel. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of molded into prayer. Ooh, right? Okay. And how I was thinking about is like when it comes to our relationship with God, it's a similar thing. Mm. Here's the thing. Here's the point I'm making. I wrote this all down just so I can kind of like recall it from memory. Maybe I'll just read it because, but like, so like, I mean, I've talked to you about this before. When it comes to my relationship with God, the G-O single D as. <laughs> is there a G-O double D? <laughs> Well, there's the there's D O double G, right? So oh, so it's the G O single D. I got you, kid. It's a it's a reference to uh, an epic rap battle of history. It was Santa Claus versus Moses. 
That's an epic rap battle, dude. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> it's it's both like cringy and also kind of funny at the same time. I think that's every epic rap battle. But yeah, history. Moses is played by Snoop Dogg. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. That's incredible. It's pretty good. But anyway, totally got on topic. <laughs> but yeah, I see a relationship to God as like a father-son relationship. Right? And like kind of, and then more specifically in the context is like a king and like the heir to the throne. Kind of like that. Or like yeah. a king and the son. Right? Yeah. That kind of relationship. Right? And so I'm kind of thinking about, right, as if you think about the father and the son relationship, right? Like as your son growing up, Right. I'm uh, here. I'll just read what I wrote. Go for it. Go. As a son growing up, you see your father. Uh, I already have grammatical errors. In this. <laughs> Frick. Oh, as chemical engineers. Or is it we chemical engineers? See, I don't even know. <laughs> we chemical We are engineers. Bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> just like it wrong though. Yeah. All right. We're going to read this and be serious about it. So as a son growing up, you see your father do the things he does and the things and like you, you see the father by the things that he does and the things that are around him. Right. So that's kind of how you view your father. Right. Yeah. And by this, right. As a young child, you're in love with him. The way he loves you, your siblings and his bride, the way he executes his authority, the way he executes his justice are all the ways he looks at you and you're enraptured by it all. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you, you see your dad, everything that he is on the outside, and you're just like, man, that's cool, right? Yeah. Um, however, as you grow, when you get older, a new side is shown, right? Things you didn't know existed are, now are revealed. His past has now come to light. So you learn more things about your dad as you get older because there's just more, there's a lot to know about people. Right? Yeah. So you learn more about your dad. And usually one of two things will occur, right? Either you tend to dislike this new father that you didn't, like and so you feel like betrayed in a way because you're like i didn't know this was the real dad yeah and so you kind of yeah and so by this view you walk away in disgrace of him and think how could this have ever been my father right Mm -hmm. that's kind of one way to go about it or this newfound knowledge only increases the admiration for now there is a mystery about him the admiration of who someone outwardly appears only lasts for so long and will soon fade as they become ordinary for there's no entrancement in what that is ordinary right mm. but if it is learned that there is a mystery to him then the rapture that was first gained as a child is reignited and at every moment a new mystery surfaces a new love is found the love at each new mo- moment while not greater than the first only adds to the love already there thus making it greater right mm. so kind of like you think about i'm just i was kind of thinking about it in the context of my own father right growing up i was like my dad he was funny he was dumb Right. <laughs> As I inherited it all, apparently. Just, Carbon copy. Tony Jr. Uh, definitely a little different. <laughs> but definitely similar, right? And But then as I got older, there's def- I've just encountered new sides to my dad, right? The, like, especially, like, doing different work with him, right? Through different conversations about various different things. Learned a lot of new stuff about him, right? And kind of as I learned more, I'm just like, man what an interesting guy, right? Yeah. Like, on the surface, he seems like this person who you think, oh, this is super, he's super easy to understand, right? Yeah. And you learn more about him, you're like, I don't freaking know anymore, dude. (laughs) Like, there's there's one moment, right, that I always think about that is just so distinct when it comes to my dad is there was this time 
we were up in Lake Itasca area. Lake LaSalle was the name of the lake. And we went on this hike and we thought it was going to take like a few hours because it was around the lake. It ended up take, we ended up spending like five hours out there, only made it halfway around and got lost. What? And so we had to uh, call for some help to get out because we had no idea where we were. And oh. if we had to walk back the way that we came, it would have taken another five hours. Right. Yeah. And so we're like, we're going to call for help. And like, I was talking to my mother after this and like my dad, like was really like, he, he, he felt like, how did I describe this? He, he felt bad that like he didn't cause, cause there, there were many times where he was like wanting us to keep going and we we're just like, I don't know if you want to keep going. This just seems like super far, but he kept wanting us to keep going and he felt like he hurt the family in some way and he was really hurt by it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, damn, like I just had never like, s- like seen my father's love for the family and care for everyone so much. And I was just yeah. like, Ooh, <laughs> there's something interesting about this man. Right. <laughs> so to continue what I wrote, right. Um, and so then for this, right in this way, right. Is how we love God. Right. We learn of great mysteries about him. And if we don't turn away in our pride, we find that admiration of him only increases as we come to know that our God is not ordinary, but extraordinary. Right. Ooh. And so in this, in a similar vein, right, when it comes to the God, right, when you first learn about him, you learn kind of like basic surface things, right? And you just, and then you start a prayer life, you start to get to know him and you learn that while these basic, these surface things are true, right? There's so much more. And it's yeah. like, since it's God, it's an infinite chasm of things to know. Yeah. And so it's always, you're always enraptured in this mystery of who he is, where you're just like, there's so much about you where it's like, there's so many times in my life where it's like, you're so comforting. Then there's other times where you're very challenging to me. Right. Mm. And you, it's all these different ways. And it's like entrancing that you are this way. Yeah. And that's the crazy part. Just since it's infinite, I've thought about this is like, to me, this is such a consoling thought. Let's assume we go to heaven. Obviously we don't know. Um, let's assume that we will both go to heaven for eternity. We will keep learning new things about God. Isn't that insane to think about? Like you we're such we're we're so used to things being terminal mm-hmm. and finite that it's just like, oh well eventually I'll get to know God and we'll just like hang out forever. It's like not necessarily. <laughs> no, like literally we will always know more things. We'll yeah. always come to learn more things about God and I think that's really cool. In addition, okay, this is this is gonna be a little tangent. I had this thought and it freaking blew my mind. Okay. It probably won't blow anyone else's mind. <laughs> I will see. We'll see how this goes. <clears throat> if something in heaven, everything in heaven is eternal. Okay. I would posit that. That might not be theologically accurate. I'm going to posit that everything in heaven is eternal because <laughs> it's outside of time and, and infinite. So every moment that we are with God and we feel joy or peace or happiness or whatever Mm -hmm. that will last that moment will last for the rest of eternity and every other moment after that will compound it so heaven should in a sense in my mind mathematically (laughs) get better as it goes on if that makes sense because you'll have the very first instantaneous moment you get to heaven you feel that first sense of just wonder and awe and 
to use the million dollar word you kept using that I love, enraptured uh-huh. by God and that in intimate relationship with him, you'll have that individual moment and that will last forever. And it, only get better. And then you'll have the next one and the next one and the next one. And you might say, well, there's no time in heaven, so there's not multiple yeah. moments in succession. Whatever. That was just the thought I had, yeah. and I thought it was really cool to think about. I mean, maybe for us, there'll be like these multiple moments, because as a being that's that's been created in time, we experience time, right? And so, I mean, you can think about, I don't know, I always just think about, what was this? This was back at SLS, during the Adoration Night. It was weird. After we had gotten done with it, it had felt both like it had been 30 minutes and three hours yeah. at the same time. And I'm like, this is really bizarre, because it's kind of like, since God is being there in such a powerful presence, time is suspended in a weird way, or it's like manipulated in a weird way because yeah. God is, is outside of time. And since he's bringing his presence there, he also brings that like timelessness as well, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. It. So this made me think of something. So this other thing I was going to say was that it could possibly be that heaven will have time because right now it doesn't because it's outside of time and space. But mm-hmm. eventually when we have heaven on earth, Heaven will be spatial, right? I suppose. Heaven will be, and earth will be united in mm-hmm. one. Who's to say it's not temporal, right? There could be a time element of it. And that's a theological, philosophical question yeah. that I only scratch the surface on. So yeah. You don't need to go in any deeper into that. But it's just a thought. And I think it's just a really cool thing to think about heaven with time, even though it's probably not true because there's the whole idea of the eternal now mm-hmm. and it's all everything that god experiences is right now even though we experience it in the past present and future yeah he experienced it all at once yeah the like all of time and space itself he experiences in one moment was it like the what the eternal now right is what yeah. people describe it as which is just weird but oh i remember what i was gonna say Perfect. Because you were talking about, right, like the one moment you have and the next moment compounding upon mm-hmm. itself. I have not read this book. Caveat. It's The Last Battle by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. I have not read this book, but I've heard things about it. Apparently at the end, after they complete the last battle, they go to heaven. Okay? Or essentially, right? Is essentially the gist. And one of the things that the, the, the characters of the book recount is they get to the first place of heaven and they ex- like experience the things that are there and they're like overwhelmed with joy. And they get deeper and they feel even more joy. And like as they continue to get deeper within to heaven, there's more and more joy. It just continues to increase the farther they get deep. And C.S. Mm. Lewis described it as like it's the book that that the book that each chapter is better than the last and it has no end. Yeah. Which is such a cool way of thinking about heaven. A book which each chapter continues to get better and it never ends. Yeah just continues to go and go and just gets better and better. It's so weird trying to think about eternity. Obviously, it's impossible for us. Mm. But it's always, it's hard to comprehend. And I think it's such a good way of growing in virtue in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Because you are confronted with the reality that what I do now matters. Mm -hmm. Like, even just thinking, like, I've done this. And I'm sure a lot of people have done this where it's like, oh, and it's going to keep going and going. And eventually your brain just arbitrarily says oh and then it's gonna stop because like your brain yeah. can't handle it and then you're like wait no it it doesn't and you're like Pfft. yeah because like yeah because one of the things that 
sometimes I'll think about these are kind of like doubts that'll come into my mind where I'm just like I'll think about heaven right where whatever it may be and I kind of think and I kind of get into that idea that like since it is just like or like the ideas that people have what it is I kind of get to this thing where like wouldn't this be like boring where Mm. it's like it's just it's just this one thing for eternity right it's just god for eternity wouldn't that get boring and like kind of that doubt of like well then right then what could i be doing now on earth right yeah but then i kind of usually how i take myself around on that is i think to myself okay i don't truly know what it's gonna be like none of us truly know what it's gonna be like but there is someone that does and so i'll trust him that whatever it may be it is truly what my heart desires yeah right? exactly and just being like i don't know what it is right but i'm gonna i'll work to get there and just trust that it's good right yeah which is hard but you know hey yeah the best things in life are difficult hmm. yeah it's the thing i've always done which is totally opposite to what i just said <laughs> uh-oh uh which the way i always thought about it was since heaven's outside of time, mm-hmm. there is no change, and boredom ne- necessarily needs something to change. It needs time, you know? Mm-hmm. You, if heaven is a single moment, then you that moment can't change, and therefore you will feel that way forever. And our minds get confused about that because we experience things temporally, mm-hmm. but people in heaven don't. That is true. Yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of this comes from, like, what heaven is is so vastly different than what our current reality is that we're just, like, we have no idea how to understand what it is. Yeah. And that's crazy because we can't even do that about heaven, let alone God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can't even, if we can't even wrap our mind around heaven, we keep, then how are we going to wrap our mind around God? The answer is we can't. <laughs> but, which is the part that is intriguing, right? It's like, but there are aspects of it that you can know. And it's like, so what can I know? Yeah. Oh, and with that too, it's interesting because since God is infinite, like maybe it's just me, but I have this weird idea that when, like, if I get to heaven, I'll just know everything about God. Does that make sense? Like, you feel like Mm. when you get to heaven, you'll be like, oh yeah, finally I know God. But it's like, will we? Like, yes. I don't want to make it be like, oh, he'll be like hiding himself from us. No, not in that way. But what I mean is if he's infinite, Mm -hmm. will we be able to fully know him and, or will the mystery what keeps us forever enraptured with god the mystery of you i mean it kind of the song kind of relates i think that's about sin though yeah i mean yeah that's true i think it's so. so weird how many songs you like just by the title we assume mm-hmm. what they're about and a lot of completely t- something like completely different yeah True, 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 true. Like the song "Unstoppable" by Sia mm-hmm. is one I always bring up. So everyone's like, "Oh, women empowerment!" Like, yeah, women are unstoppable. And if you listen to any other lyrics other than the the chorus, it's all about how she is very broken, and oh, yeah. she wants she is afraid of what people would think about that. And mm. so she wants to hide that and cover it up by pretending to be unstoppable, which is the entire opposite. Yeah. That's funny. That's really funny. Hey, it'd be like that sometimes. 
It, we've been 40 minutes into this pod. I know, right? Ooh. As <clears throat> our different topic. Something else I was thinking about today. That's just kind of fun. Did you did you think of anything that you wanted to talk about? Or not really? No, my life is boring. <laughs> <laughs> next week it'll be better. Next week. What's going to happen next week? I don't know. It'll be less Newman Mass before the semester ends. Bruh. I'd like to, I mean, I could talk about what I've been reading or Father Mike's homily today. Freaking dope. It was about the final judgment. Ooh. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that unless you want to. I mean, if you had something. You brought it up. Oh, no. Now I have to remember what he said. <laughs> Instantly just forgets. I'm not kidding. Every time I hear a homily. You like you initially listen to it and you're like, that's good. And for a little bit afterwards you're like, Oh, that was good and you can recall things about it and then time passes and it's gone. Yeah. It's just Well, I think it does tie in because what I distinctly remember him talking about is and this is something that used to scare me a lot, but now it in a weird way gives me a lot of hope is at the final judgment. So this is a general judgment. So there's a particular <laughs> general judgment. That was a good one. Um <laughs> There is the the particular and the general judgment. So the particular judgment is when you die, you yourself are judged individually based on your actions and your your state, the state that your soul was in when you died. Yes. Then there's the general judgment or the final judgment, Mm -hmm. which is the judgment of the world. And when everything that has happened will be revealed for us to know everything and God's whole plan individually for how we affected that story mm-hmm. and how the entire story itself played out and which what should be super interesting which though. that's the thing because when i was younger and i heard about that you always hear about how they talk about how god will go through each soul mm-hmm. through each person and say this is what this person has done yeah both good and bad everything and that's terrifying that True. terrified me and it still does, and I think it still should. Mm-hmm. But there's a, the idea of, like, this is how God worked through my life. Mm-hmm. And how he made the bad things good. And how he He helped me to do the good things. Mm-hmm. And look how that affected people. And how it affected his story. And also, just the idea of, like, <clears throat> this is how I finally know why God did what he did in my life. Mm. Not that in a way that we need that information because in a sense if we're always like one day i'll find out that's not trusting him at all yeah like but that's still what he has promised to give us and that's something that we can expect and look forward to and i think we should be in fear and trembling of that day but also we should be hopeful and look forward to that day of i'll finally i won't it's kind of going in a sense against what we were just talking about how god is We'll never fully comprehend him, but in a sense, we can say, I can finally understand why you did this in my life, in this, in the entire story of the world, but also in my life. So any suffering you go through or any suffering a loved one goes through or anything like that, any struggle you have of like, Lord, why, why are you like this? Why did you allow this? Um, Even things like think of in the Bible, there's plenty of passages where it's, it's, it's a difficult passage to read and you're like, Lord, why? Why did you allow that, you know? Yeah. Like, I always think of um, the 10th plague. It's like, yeah, it's it's a 
theologically difficult passage mm-hmm. and not that that means there's anything like wrong every every religion has in its holy text difficult passages yeah but um i guess that's a side tangent um just like i'll finally understand that and that's something i'm excited to see and I'm, i think that'll be all the more um a source of our awe and wonder but also of our praise and thanksgiving to him because we know that he uses everything for the good mm-hmm. he takes everything bad and he allows everything bad only so that a greater good can come and so all the bad in this world and throughout all of history we can say well this is the even greater good that came of it and that's what i was thinking about when he was he was talking about that because mm. there's just a lot i think people don't um meditate on on the end of our lives or like the four last things mm-hmm. i don't remember if this was a saint that said this or the, some homily from a priest i heard but basically they were saying if you at all moments thought about your um, particular judgment you wouldn't sin mm. and obviously not in the sense of like oh we can be perfect but in the sense of like you would be in fear because you know this matters mm-hmm. it's easy to sin when you don't think about the consequences of them that's true yeah because i mean because a lot of time your the consequences of your sin isn't like initially obvious because sometimes it is right yeah. sometimes you do something that's bad and people are and like people are directly hurt by it or it hurts you in some way, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I can see that was something sinful because it directly had bad actions. But, like, there's a lot of times where you do things, especially, like, I mean, a lot of the, like, the secret sins that happen yeah. when it's just you, you know what I mean? Where you're like, how is this affecting me or anyone else, right? Yeah. And it's more in the line of what you're saying where it's, like, it's separating you from God because you're, 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 you're choosing something that he specifically doesn't want you to do because just just because you think there is no consequence to it and you think that you know more than he does. Yeah. Pride. 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 Oh, 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 oh pride. <laughs> I'm sorry if, if there's any French people listening to this. I am gravely sorry. We love your culture. We love your fries. <laughs> You got some good fries, brother. <laughs> Killer fries. They are to die is for. <laughs> it's my turn to do this. <laughs> you got to get more oomph on it. More gusto. I think you can see the line that picked up. I suppose that's true. I suppose mine are just more thick because my forehead's bigger. <laughs> so we get more skin on skin contact. So it's more, more of a... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no, don't do that to me. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> or but a dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> oh gosh, this is what this is degraded into: singing songs and slapping our foreheads. <laughs> Welcome to Nerds for Christ, where dumb things occur. Oh, I think that was fun. I think it was too. I had a good time. <laughs> a super deep conversation with just some random crap thrown in. I think that described every single yeah. conversation we've ever this had. This beautiful pile 
with mashed potatoes and we just decided to put like red pepper flakes in it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, eating you're like mm, this is good then you're like Woo! <laughs> <laughs> whereas you would do you make mac and cheese and put like a pound of black pepper in it <laughs> don't why you gotta hate on my choices okay <laughs> dude the i have seen you grab like six black pepper packets from the dc <laughs> and put every single one of them onto your pasta <laughs> why you gotta expose me nathan miller don't expose well, me it's only being exposed if you're ashamed of others seeing it you know what in, is... the, in the final judgment god will reveal that you he will show your your high score of the amount of pepper you've done one bro i want to know the amount of grains <laughs> individual grains god's like i got you fam how about adams also got you <laughs> the the weirdness of being omniscient is the amount of just random things you know <laughs> like the amount of atoms in between us and how it's constantly changing over time bro Whew, not a big change anyway <laughs> they just moved air in front of us all right so thanks for joining us before we get too back into something wild you know we don't need that exactly we like mild over here exactly and not wild rice mild rice mild rice exactly so thanks for listening give the pod a share tune in next week i mean i think thing coming up in a few weeks there might be a break or a hiatus when we go home for christmas and won't be recording anything but hopefully after that we'll get some more we'll get started up yeet yeet skeet bo beat anyway thanks for tuning in y'all are great god loves you just like pepper.